It is on. Hey, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the very first Out of Range Live presented by Companion Medical. Thank you all for being here. I want to make sure I get all of the rest of the sponsors right. Today's uh, show is also sponsored by My ID, Genteel, Sugar Medical, Glucose SOS. There's free stuff over there. Go avail yourself of it. Uh, how is everyone doing? Okay, there's room for improvement. How is everyone doing? Good. Good. Uh, my name is Dave Holmes. I am a, uh, a type 1 diabetic. I was uh, diagnosed in 2015, 2016, something like that. Um, and the two things, I mean, aside from the mountain of stuff that my endocrinologist told me, the two big takeaways were don't drive under 100 and find a community. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I was, uh, I was driving to an appointment, uh, like in MacArthur Park area, and, uh, and I felt a little strange when I showed up at the appointment and, uh, and I looked at my watch, which my Dexcom talks to, and I was like 70 and dropping. And I was like, okay, well, we'll I'll take care of this. And I parked and I had a couple little jelly babies and I went in and I had my little appointment. And, uh, and then I came back out like 20 minutes later, you know, at a healthy range. And I thought, I have beat type one diabetes. This is fine, I got it. <laughs> and, uh, and I got back out to the street and uh, at 70 and dropping, I had parked my car fully in a lane of traffic. Like, like on like Parkview at just off of Wilshire, like in the street, like in the street. And like, I didn't park so much as just like stop driving and get out of the car. Uh, like I, there, like there was a, a meter and there was my car, and they were in the same city, but that's where the relationship ended. And I fed it, which is the thing. So, uh, so don't drive under 100 is something that I just learned. The other thing, uh, find a community, is something uh, that I did uh, kind of right away. Um, I, I was lucky enough to, uh, to go to a meetup, like somewhere in... West LA or something, uh, where I met a young man by the name of Craig Steubing, who was just uh, putting type one run together. And, uh, and through that and through Craig's work doing the beta cell podcast, which has become the out of range podcast, which has become the thicker than water podcast. Um, I have, I've built a community and I have really learned how to live, uh, in a, in a healthy way. Uh, community has been wildly important to me. It's like, it's not an exaggeration to say that it really saved my life. Uh, Beta Cell, Out of Range, Thicker Than Water are really important podcasts. And I am so glad that you guys are here to see the first ever live one. Uh, so let's get it started, ladies and gentlemen. Please welcome Craig and Laura. Welcome back to uh, Out of Range Live, <laughs> presented by Companion Medical. I'm Craig. I'm Laura. We were talking just now backstage about why we decided to start this show. Uh, it's been a little while, two years, something like that? Something like that. Um, and I had been doing Beta Cell for a while, and we had been friends for a while. And then, I don't know, for some reason we decided we needed like a talk show. Well, we were talking about how there's so many diabetes podcasts, but they're all interview podcasts. Yeah. 
Which is great. Yeah, and that's what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> but there just need to be something more. Yeah, and I think, well, I think what it, what it stemmed from was kind of like what Dave was saying, like you, you meet another type one and you just start talking about things like, you know, oh, what do you use? You know, do you use a pump? Do you use a pen? Uh, do you use a Dexcom? What do you do when you run? What do you do when you eat pasta? And like that's a little conversation and that's a, like, a little podcast episode that happens in a bar or it happens, you know, at a walk event or something like that. And we're like, we could talk about those things and share those with people who aren't having those conversations or should be having those conversations. And then our very first episode uh, kind of started out of like something that pissed us off, which I think was, it was kind of like griping, right? Yeah. And our we first, were a little ranty that episode. Yeah. And Does any- <laughs> <laughs> not that we aren't now. Um, <laughs> But we were complaining about like people like showing off their A1Cs on Instagram, and we're like, "Oh, why are people doing this?" Like was, specifically in their bios. And it was kind of like, <laughs> so we're like, we just start a podcast where we can complain and make everyone listen to us, yeah, and then agree with us. And then people loved it. And yeah, you're here. So thank you all for thank coming. Thank you. Um, we have some amazing guests on tonight. We have a uh, surprise game a little bit later, and then we have a musical performance. Before we get started, though, I just want to say that our podcast is on your phone. It's online. It's free. Everyone can listen to it. But for something like this, in a space with chairs, with signs, uh, we have sponsors. It's the first time we've ever had sponsors. So We're moving up. <laughs> so for the first time, uh, we're going to have some ads we're going to run throughout. So if we start saying ads in the middle of nothing. We've not been possessed. We've not been <laughs> reprogrammed. Uh, this is part of the scheduled programming. Um, we're going to start with one right now, and yep. we're going to get going. Let's okay. do this. <laughs> Laura, you've had low blood sugars recently. <laughs> How are you feeling going into our first live show? Come on, Craig. You know that because I'm on shots, it's really easy for me to get a little crazy stacking my insulin. Well... If you had the in-pen from Companion Medical, it would keep track of how much insulin you have on board by automatically logging every dose you give with their smart insulin pen. It would recommend how much insulin you should give when you bolus by using your specific insulin therapy settings, current BG, and how many carbs you plan to eat. Okay, oh my gosh, I'm ordering one right now. Where can I find it? Check them out at companionmedical.com. So now I'd like to invite Andrew, Breck, and Jennifer. Come on up. That ad worked. I really want that. <laughs> How's everyone feeling? Good. Good. Have you ever done anything like this with diabetes before? Nope. Never. You guys? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. What was it like? I went to the, the conference they do every year, JDRF does, in Washington. So it was like a similar, we did like a question and answer. Oh, I did that just okay. this year. So you did do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've never done it. It wasn't like a podcast. No. Oh my gosh. No, I did that this year. I, what day is it? Who am I? What's happening? What, what was the audience for that like? Like, who were you talking to? A bunch of diabetics. Okay. Yeah. When you did it, did they, did, was it, because I know like it, with JDRF, it's a lot of kids. Where, was the audience like a cacophony of just like 
like dumps going off. And yeah, dumps yes. going. Oh, I loved it. That was my favorite part. Yeah, like it was a bunch of like it was a bunch of T Wendy's, and so it was just like like it, it sounded like beeper madness. Like it was like <laughs> you know it was pumps going off and Dexcoms going off and people like opening packages of candy. And it was the best. So I know all of you. You guys have just met for the first time, as far as I know, yeah. just before this. Uh, for people who don't know who you are, you want to give me a little pitch, or do you want me to pitch who you are? Pitch me. I want to hear it. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's kind of interesting. I've got yeah, my so notes. Please no pressure. Us, please so, don't make us pitch ourselves. So, Breck here, you were diagnosed at eight years old. Yes. Uh, you began acting at 13 years old. Correct. And you moved out to Los Angeles from Texas. Um, you were, you started on the Haunted Hathaways, then you start on Bella and the Bulldogs, and now you are filming, still filming? For yeah, I Stargirl. just, I just wrapped about a week ago. Okay. On, here's where I'll, I'll promo myself. Um, DC Stargirl, which is going to be a new DC show. Awesome. Yeah. Not only that, I have to say this because it's really, really cool because there's like, a group of five superheroes on the show, and not one, but two of us are type one diabetic. No, no way! way. Yeah. So we really are superheroes. It's pretty cool. Who's the other one? Uh, Cameron Gelman. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is that? That's did you have amazing. any idea going in that he had type one? Uh, it's so funny. So he had filmed something with my friend previously, and I, I had this friend like, I want to connect you guys. I think y'all would be friends. He's a diabetic. Y'all could go to the walk together. And I was like. Okay, so I had his <laughs> number in my phone because he had texted me, asked me if I was going to the JDRF walk, and I ended up not being able to go that year. And so when I met him and I like went to save his like his phone number, I already had his number in my phone. I'm like, wait, what? And then we connected that. And so I, I knew him, but I didn't know I knew him because I never met him, but yes. That's really cool. <laughs> Jennifer. Yes. You were diagnosed at 20 years old. Yes. That is uh, also correct. You were the oldest one of the, of the five of us diagnosed. Yeah, I was a late bloomer. Um, <laughs> but you started acting at six. Yes. You've been acting much longer than you've had type one. Yeah. Um, and then you still act, but recently you've transitioned to nursing school. Yeah, so I'm doing both Full-time. now. So yeah. that's why I don't know what week it is. It <laughs> <laughs> makes sense now. <laughs> yeah. Which is more stressful, acting or nursing school? Oh, nursing school, for sure. Because, I mean, acting there, like, do you need anything? Are you okay? With nursing school, I'm like, do you need anything? Are you okay? So it's very humbling, and it's a nice balance. It's it's a very nice balance of this, like, strange land with acting in the entertainment industry and then the real world of, like, oh, they're having a stroke. Like, let's have them not die today. Like, you know, so it's a nice, like, balance of universes, I guess. And do you think nursing school was because, in some degree, to type one? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, there's a thousand reasons I wanted to go into nursing, because I, I was a psych major and was ready to transfer to UCLA, and um, I switched to nursing when I was diagnosed because I wanted to understand my body better. I noticed a discrepancy in healthcare providers and a lack of empathy and understanding of diabetes. Um, I mean, still, I'm the go-to of, like, knowledge when it comes to diabetes. They're always look, they always look at me when it's, like, you know, when there's a diabetes question. I'm, like, I'm not the teacher. Like, <laughs> you should know this. Yeah, right? And, I mean, I've gotten, I, like, yeah. It, it, it's, it, it definitely was a big part of me switching, and it's why I'm 
such an old graduate. <laughs> Do you feel like you know more than the teachers when it comes to type one? Do you think that gives you some I don't want to be insight? disrespectful and say that, but I think living with it on a day-to-day basis gives you a different experience than just clinical knowledge. Because yeah. I know, like, we, we were given, uh, recently we had an a experience with a diabetes educator, and, and I was asking her questions that she didn't know, and which is upsetting. You know, it's upsetting when you're like, okay, you're the diabetes educator for this entire hospital, and it's a good hospital, but you don't know these things. And she's, like, telling me, like, about my disease and being like, oh, well, you must be in the honeymoon period. I'm like... <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> Six years later, really? Longest honeymoon period of all time. Um, but yeah, anyway, so sometimes, yeah. But I think that speaks a lot to why things like this are important because, mm-hmm. you know, you can, you can get that sort of clinical knowledge, but how that actually translates into the yeah, real world is exactly. very different. And meeting someone and talking to them about, oh, this is what you eat before you run, or this is what you do with your basil, mm-hmm. or this is, you know, do you bolus when you're running? That, um, you know, that's more useful Well, I'm even amazed. the textbook. I'm yeah. so sorry no. to cut you off. That's how my family communicates, and I can never <laughs> shut it off. Um, and then I'll shut up. You're good. Um, <laughs> this is intriguing. But, uh, no, even at, like, the, even at patients' bedsides, I'm constantly learning new things about just, like, what works for different um, diabetics, type 1 and type 2. So, I mean, I'm constantly learning as well. Well, that's a good segue for Andrew. You were diagnosed <laughs> at 14 years old, yes. right? And uh, you have said before that you knew one person at the time, a type <laughs> one. Who was, who was that person? It was a guy named Mark Compton who went to my high school with me. Um, complete different spec- spectrums of who we are or who we were. Back then, I was uh, in emo bands <laughs> back then you and know. Uh, right <laughs> and uh and he was very very um book smart so we had that connection but he definitely didn't want to be my friend because <laughs> we hung with very different groups you know what i mean um but we'd pass hey man how you doing dude you know so it was like there was that connection still um after high school you know you i really never really saw or met Hardly anyone. Very, very random. Um, until like six months ago, actually. And the funny thing is what you were saying, like, so like my, my, my endo, um, she's very good mathematically, right? Like she could like look at my numbers and be like, saying all these things. I'm like, what? Like, okay, so what am I supposed to do? Can you just take my pump, please, and just do it? You know, I don't understand. Well, I need to show you. Okay, but I just still don't get it. You know, like, I don't know what you just did. But it's funny because like, so 21 years, I didn't really grow or learn a whole lot during that entire like period because I kind of isolated myself as well. Just kind of like, okay, this is kind of like my thing. And uh, I just live with it and kind of ignore it, you know, even though it was like for so long um, until I actually met, it was cool when you were talking about the community. Um, and actually, uh, Laura was one of the very first yeah. to actually bring me into the community, which was great. Um, and then all of a sudden my diabetes knowledge and experience in management went from like here where it stayed mediocre for a lot of years. And I was like, <laughs> You know, I'm like, whoa, that exists and that exists and that exists. So, yeah. It was, it yeah, was, you uh, came to our meetup in Chicago. Chicago. Yeah, it was the first time I, I actually, mm-hmm. yeah, I actually have a video that's going to be released in here soon on YouTube for that. But, yeah, um, it's, pretty, it's pretty crazy. In Chicago, I met, I can't even tell that you how many. That was a big one. That was a big one. That was a big one. There's a lot of 
pumps and Dexcom's beeping and sugars. <laughs> Everyone's always like, who is that? Who is that? And every every table had a little bowl of like candy. Yeah. And stuff. Yeah. I was like, this is amazing. You have to be prepared. Diabetic paradise. <laughs> so, so you mentioned YouTube. Yes. You, uh, your family are YouTubers. Yes, we are full time. Um, <laughs> I guess to sort of get us kicked off, um, you're doing all these videos about your family life. At what point do you say, oh, I should mention type one? Because to us, to people with type one, it's 24 seven, right? right totally. Like we're always thinking about it. Um, you know, you wake up in the middle of the night, the first thought is, oh, what's my blood sugar? Am I totally. okay? You know, am I sweating because it's hot or am I sweating because I'm low? Right. Um, but then when you're filming your life, like you don't, no one's gonna watch the 24 seven Andrew right. blood sugar channel. Right. Uh, no offense. <laughs> no, it's no like, right. It's, okay. just, the, it's just your Dexcom graph the whole time. You, <laughs> and can you just, just, just watch this <laughs> yeah. 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, so at what point is it, oh, we're making dinner. This is how many carbs are in this meal. Mm -hmm. Or we're choosing cauliflower rice tonight because it's lower Do you talk carb. about it in your... In my family channel? I do. I do. Um, and the funny thing is, like I told you guys, I kind of kept it kind of quiet um, for so many years. Just kind of... You know, pumps, like my insulin pump, you know, so my thigh down here. So I would keep it like in places that people just couldn't see and didn't really bring it up like at all. I was kind of like embarrassed almost to, to mention it, um, which kind of sucks to be honest. Um, but over like the last six months, it's really picked up a lot more um, where now I'm just like, yay, free to be me, you know, <laughs> just like it's, it's everywhere. I'm like arms, I'll do a devil arm sights, you know, so it's just like you, there's no there's no way to hide it. Um, but it's a, that's a great question. I, I want to say this first is I wish I would have been doing it more because when I got to Chicago and I met a bunch of other type ones, they had already found me. Like they had already found me and uh, they were telling me stories about, oh, when you did this video when you went to Mexico and your insulin pump, you tried to change it on the pump as you were or on the plane as you were landing, something with the altitude, I don't know what it was, that thing poured blood. Like, like people had all come on here, they weren't speaking English, and like I was freaking out, and there was blood. Like we're talking look, <laughs> like I was like dying. It was just, yeah. it was pouring, it was nasty. Anyway, never had that happen before. So uh, that whole situation happened, and I filmed it, because that was clickbaity, you know, youtube -y kind of stuff back then. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, I'll get views on it, and it's like five million views or something crazy. But um, yeah, the simple fact that I actually mentioned it and showed that crazy, weird side that sometimes things unexpected happen with diabetes meant a lot to other type ones out there. Um, and then hearing that empowered me and meant a lot to me. And I realized, whoa, even my tiny little part that I can offer other people out there dealing with the same thing that I'm dealing with is enough to try to be more deliberate on, more intentional on uh, uh, bringing it up and mentioning it exactly like you said. So, cause that's the natural easy way to do it is we're getting ready to make this food right here. And I'll show all the time. I'll be like, there's this many carbs in this, there's this many carbs in it, which equals 15 or 30 carbs or whatever it's going to be, or sometimes 75 carbs, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I'll be like, okay, cool. And then that's kind of it. Um, on that family channel because it really is, like you said, it's really geared, it, it started off with the four of us. They want to see the family dynamic, but they do love to see individually, like each one of us, especially that type one community. You know, they're like when I'm back, so I do need to say this, you just reminded me. Okay, so I did meet a couple at like meetups where people would come and like shake our hands and all that kind of stuff. And like the diabetics that would meet me, they're like crying and stuff. They're like, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like serious impact. Like I need to like really be like investing in this. Hmm. <laughs> so you guys, when, what was it like when you, Jennifer, you came out, because I want to say came out as diabetic, 
more we recently, just, you know, because you were more yeah, recently I, diagnosed. I, I full on came out of the closet. Yeah, yeah you, sure. You do. What prompted that? Like, did you just wake up one day and think, you know, I've been living with this, you know, I just need to tell people? You know, I, I was, I was cognizant of the fact that, that I was an actor and, and I, it's, I never got into it because of attention that you get from it. That's just fame. kind of, yeah, yeah, fame. Like, I hate that word. Yeah. But it's just kind of something that comes with, a, like, a certain level of success, which I've been lucky to have. Um, and so I was aware that, that, that that's involved. Um, and when I was first diagnosed, I, I really, I struggled. I struggled with, I, I think you go through the stages of grief. Um, I think... For me, I mean, technically, I'm a type 1.5, and I'll be a full-fledged type, so don't kick me out, guys. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what does that mean? I've never heard that before. So a lot of people haven't, and I had to go through several endos who told me, like, it took four years for me to figure out what kind of diabetes I had. What it means, and this is why I was diagnosed so late, and then I'll get off of the, like, nursing science brain. <laughs> Craig's going to start No, I'm asking. I'm so curious. No, no, I've never no. heard that. Um, what it means is basically, so I have, um, I have all of the antibodies that eat the beta cells. Um, they just do it at a slower rate. So eventually I will be a full-fledged type 1. But because, because they're doing it at a slower rate, I was diagnosed later. I exhibit um, symptoms of type 2. So basically I always joke that I get the crap from both. <laughs> so like when I'm super high, I gain weight. So, like, when I was first, like, like, you know how, like, a lot of diet, like, typical type 1 symptoms, when you're super high, you lose weight? No, that doesn't happen to me. So, when I was first diagnosed, I gained, like, 60 pounds in, like, two months. And, like, I blew out my knees. I blew, like, my back was, like, really, like, my knees are still screwed up. Um, so, like, I, I, back to what you were asking, Craig, um, is I wanted to get to a point where I felt like I had a handle on it or somewhat of a handle on it so I could be an inspiration to people rather than people going, oh God, she's diabetic and that's what it looks like. Because like when I, like I kind of went into hiding for the first four years when I was trying to figure it out for myself because I didn't look well. I looked tired. I couldn't see. Like people in auditions were like, you know, she's not really connecting. And I was like, yeah, because I can't see you. <laughs> like, I'm not connecting to you because I don't know where you are in the room. Like, I just see, like, blurry parts. Like, you know, like, there were times where they would ask me to cold read, and I'm like, I can't. That's, like, that's, that's, right. that's I'll, I'll pretend like I can't. I can't read the lines. I was like, I can't see it. You know, like, it was really bad. The first four years were really bad. Um, and so I... I, I strategically waited because I wanted to be a source of inspiration for people instead of instead of somebody that someone would look at and go, oh, God, you know, like there isn't any hope because there's a lot of days that I think we all have like that that just feel really hopeless and feel really frustrating. And I didn't want, I wanted to be the antithesis of that. So I waited until I felt like I had a good handle on it. Do you guys ever feel, and it's like everyone, like a certain pressure to only show good things? No. Or like, or not show the really bad things? Like, no. you post when you're like 30 a, with yeah. a down arrow and you're just like, oh, yeah. yeah? I think it's really important to show that. Yeah. Like it, for me, I started following a, a T1D uh, recently and he, he's saying some really 
interesting things, which I think he's right. There's, there's truth to some of the things that he's saying, but it's also really depressing and discouraging. He's like, the other day it was like a thing and it's like basically diabetes can, it can get really easy once you understand it. And I think that diabetes can be very finicky once you understand it. Well, yeah, I was like, I disagree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's an interesting thing. <laughs> this is coming from a diabetic. Opinions. Yes. So it's, it's, wow. uh, it's, really, it's, it's those kinds of things that to me, like, it's, it's challenging. Yeah it's, not, it's, yeah, it's interesting. So I, uh, I think it's really important, like you said, to be as vulnerable and honest as possible because we are not alone. You know, like, that's the whole thing. Like, I feel it's like, wow, I used to feel so alone. Now I don't feel alone. Like, it's like, we get it. Right. That's why we started the show, too, is because we noticed, I mean, now we have social media and everyone curates their life, but then there was the diabetes part of social media and then everyone was curating their disease. And we're like, yeah, yeah these people are posting the numbers that they want you to see and posting, you know, and yeah. so that's where we're like, let's talk about, because you can go on people's accounts now and you can be like, that's not what having diabetes is like. This it's is what they glamorous. want you to think having diabetes is like. So we're like, let's just talk, let's start a show and talk about real things with diabetes. Because people, it's just all fit. Like, yeah. there's so much fakeness out there from people just picking and choosing what they want to share with you about it. To well, be honest, now that I think about it, I need to post more positive stuff. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm always Me like, too. God, this is so crappy. I should post about this. Well, no, it is. It is crappy. Yeah. Like, it sucks that we have this. So I don't, totally. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. But, but I mean like a balance. So that people aren't like, like well, she's inspiring. just like, oh, steps away from DK all the time. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not as pessimistic. I, yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah, yeah. but it's like, you know, because we always hear like the highs and lows. Like, so it's become kind of a trite expression at this point. But I think showing the balance is nice. I, I, it blows my mind that anyone's like putting their A1C on their bio. That's I, like I mean, such someone a douche in the move. Might have like, <laughs> let me go change my bio real sure. quick. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine unless it's under five. I'm the queen exactly, of, like, exactly I have to find the problem. Right? It's surgically removed from my house. So, like, okay, you got me good. Well, All Craig right. and I said that we think you should put your time and range in your bio instead of your yeah. A1C if you're really going to put information on That's there. True. No, there was a time where I had such a good A1C. And I kept telling them, but guys, my blood sugar really isn't good. Like, it's high and low all the time. And it was completely just, like, the lows so exactly. evening the lows. out the exactly. high. So I, that's exactly yeah. our point. Yeah. So I guess whenever factors. I think, whenever I see somebody that's, like, really low like that, I'm like, dang, they got a lot of lows going on. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. they're out of balance. Well, I'm like, you're low all <laughs> yeah. the time. <laughs> well, the, I guess the balance between what you're doing that's positive and negative, it's almost for, like, different audiences is what I'm thinking. It's like... For the, for the people who are type one, you want to post negative things almost because then if you're only posting... When yeah, when your blood sugar is always yeah. 100 and it's always good, then they think, oh, why am I doing such a crappy job? Oh, totally. Right? And then that's when you get depressed. I think oh, that's yeah, what causes yeah. a lot of burnout. You see, it looks like everyone I follow is the perfect diabetic except me. You know, when you're there mm-hmm. scrolling your Instagram feed because you're low in the middle of the night and you're waiting, you know, for yeah. your blood sugar to come up. Yep. But on the other hand, if all you post is negative things, all of your friends who don't have type one are just like, oh, Debbie Downer, right? Like there she is complaining about her diabetes again. Like, I think it's, I think it's the challenging stuff with a sense of humor. Mm. That's always my favorite thing to post about it. And I find it something I've really struggled with is... I always feel the need to like apologize for my diabetes. So I think that's, I feel like that's almost selfish of them to be like, oh, they're complaining. And it's like, cause I always be like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. My blood sugar's low, but yeah. I really shouldn't have to apologize for it. It's not like I, 
I chose this yeah. just to counter what? And you're not actively trying to make yourself low. No, either, definitely you know? not. I hate being low. It's the worst. Just constantly giving yourself insulin. Yeah. yeah. Trying to get out of a press conference, right? You're <laughs> right. just like, oh, I'll just go low and then I can <laughs> bail out of here. Right? Although I do have to say, like, some days when I'm in a bad mood and I just don't want to be with people, I'm like, oh, bad blood sugars can't come. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> done that. Not there, done that. I've definitely pulled that card. I need to use card. that. <laughs> Wait, you haven't pulled that card yet? No, school. Oh, I totally pulled that card. I pull school and that card all the time. Although school is usually valid. Um, I want to, like, it's so refreshing to hear you say that you feel like you have to apologize all the time. Because I, I apologize all the time anyway, just because that's how I was raised. Like, my parents are from the South, and, like, I'm, I mean, I'm from Texas, too. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so what's up? What's up? Um, hey, y'all. <laughs> but, uh... But yeah, so like I was raised to just apologize for getting up in the morning. So when I was diagnosed, like it's, it is this crazy thing where it's like, I, you apologize for something you can't control. Like I was on, I was in the ER the other day, which I always have to say, like, I'm working. I'm not, I'm fine. Uh, I was afraid to say that because uh, people were like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Um, but, and I was going low and I was so mad because it's like, it's nonstop. Um, and so it slowed me down, but I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm low. I got to go deal with this. I got to go take insulin. And I was so mad. And I was like, why am I apologizing? So I just, thank you for saying that. It was really, that's very refreshing to hear. It is funny. We do that. If anyone said that to you, like if anyone said that to me, like, I'm so sorry, (laughs) my blood sugar or something, like I'm dealing with my health. I would never be like, that's so annoying of you. (laughs) But like, why do we feel like we're annoying? We would never, I would never. Yeah. I would never wish this upon someone. I know. But like if someone's like, I have a cold, you know what I mean? Just said anything yeah. about their health, I'd never be like, how dare you? But it's like, it's, it, I don't know. It feels like it's like a stop in the day or like an inconvenience to it's someone else. It's a burden. Else. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And I wonder too, it like. It's an inconvenience for sure. Yeah. I, it's, it's an interesting conversation, but. I think we all, yeah, I think it's a relatable feeling. Yeah. Between diabetics, I mean. Yeah. I mean, I guess, um, Andrew, you having this YouTube channel where you're, you know, documenting your family life mm-hmm. all the time. Do you think it ever becomes a burden on your family? Do you talk about that? Not to put you on the spot. We, no, we'll yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, those are, that's my family right there. Up on stage <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I've had that conversation with all of them individually, I think. And the kids are like, no, I don't know it's anything different, right? Because their whole lives they've just grown up with dad and dad does everything that every all the other dads do right it's usually it's just like i've got a little sugar packet you know that i just carry with me like this you know it's like here oh yeah, yeah we're playing we're playing in the pool i'm like oh dang hang on like, all right we'll go back to playing you know that's all right so i don't think it's affected too much there um it's obviously different in a marriage you know it's like definitely more of a like you said like it could be it's a lot more difficult a lot more of a burden there i would say because that's when you really, you know, like you're obviously with your spouse, you're a lot more like, you know, she's, we've been together, married for 14 years. And it's like, in the beginning, you know, I t- was 21 years old and I wasn't really taking care of myself that well then. So it's like those highs, <laughs> they were high, you know, and those lows, they were really low. Um, and it was discouraged all the time too, because I was so like isolated to myself. Um, yeah. So I, I would definitely say it's, we've had those conversations they're better now because now I'm a lot more in control and uh, positive. And it's a really positive outlook on it now. I battle the hard stuff too. I battle the really bad days too, where I'm just like, screw this, I'm done. You know, like I, I'm not doing this. I don't feel like doing it. You know, but um, I think we all probably have those days sometimes and stuff. So, but yeah, it's we've definitely had those conversations, and it's definitely been a burden at times. So it's, I think it's important to be very open and communicate 
you know, with each other. Like, you know, it's, I, I think like with, with, with my wife, I think it's okay for her sometimes to be like, oh my gosh, you're freaking diabetes. You know what I mean? Because in reality, it is something that makes us late sometimes, or it is, you know, it really does affect people around you too. Um, so not that she's ever trashed on me for having diabetes, that's never happened. But you know, the diabetes impact on the family's life definitely can be an inconvenience sometimes. Breck, we, um, we were at a JDRF gala a couple years ago. And you, uh, before the gala, you met uh, in a room with like a bunch of little kids who had type one. You remember that? Yes, 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 yes. And they, I don't want to like embarrass you or anything, but they like adored you, right? <laughs> so, I mean, what, is it, what does it feel like to you as, you know, an, an adult with type one meeting little kids? Like, what do, you, do they ask you questions about type one? What do you say to them? It's so funny because just as much as like they ask me questions, I ask them questions. I, I was saying this earlier, but like literally every time, you said this earlier, every time I meet a diabetic, I'm just like, I instantly start asking them questions because <laughs> as much as I'm sure they want to know about my experience, I want to know about their experience because I always want to just learn more and I find it interesting how each body is different and how each body reacts. Um, so yeah, if anything, I was asking them just as much. And then in terms of that like positive negative thing, like do you feel like you have to like, you know, because you having this role when you were on you right. know, Bell and the Bulldogs, people saw you, people knew you had type one. You do a lot of stuff with JDRF, right? You're all over the website as an advocate, right? And so do you feel like you, I don't know, do you think about being a role model? I remember, so I was eight years old when I got diagnosed. And I remember sitting in the hospital and it was, I may be exaggerating, if not the same year, like the same month that Nick Jonas got diagnosed. And there was an article. And I, I, at that time, I still wanted to be an actor. And my mom, she came in, she handed me the magazine. It was People Magazine. He was on the front holding a Diet Coke. And I was like, oh, mom, I can still be a diet. Like, I can still be an actor and a diabetic. And after that, like... I, I really owe a lot to my family because they, they kept it very positive. They always told me, like, there's nothing you can't do just because you have diabetes except fly a plane, but it's fine. I didn't want to do that anyway, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I definitely think I took that from them and having, like, a younger audience. I took what my parents did to me, and I, I do try to stay very positive around them and keep keep things more positive. And then to my boyfriend and people <laughs> that are a little older, I can be my negative, like, diabetic self sometimes. <laughs> but I think finding that balance, I, I do try to keep it more positive just because my demographic is younger. Because I needed that. When I was eight years old, right. it was very enlightening to me, so. Yeah. Well, Jennifer, when you were diagnosed, your doctor said you could not act, right? What? Yeah, um, in that fun four-year period where I, they were like, no, you're type 2, you're type 1, you're type 2, you're type 1. I'm like, just pick one. <laughs> um, please, God. <laughs> Somebody pick one, give me a treatment, I'll do it, whatever. Uh, yeah, I, he, uh, I won't name names, even though I really want to. Um, he, he had a, um, a, a, uh, a medical student with him as well. And uh, he constantly just was like, because I had a food diary, I had the whole thing. He constantly was like, you're lying, you're lying, you've got to be lying. Because uh, he took me off metformin, which he never should have done, because it like, I was, 
What did he think you were lying about? He thought, he thought I was lying about that I was snacking and I was eating a bunch of stuff because my blood sugars were really high, but it was because he took me off metformin, which is just something I have to be on. And because my blood sugars were so high, he got me like a month away from dialysis, which I was like, thanks, man. <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, but so at the very end of, like, at the very, the last time I saw him, he had this medical student with him and I was there by myself and um, he looked at me and he goes, you know what, you just, you can't handle the stress of being in Los Angeles. You can't handle the stress of the business. You just need to go back to Texas and I don't know what you're going to do, but you can't act anymore. It's just, it's too much for you. And I just, I started crying and he and the medical student just stood there and looked at me and as I cried in the room and it was pretty weird and awkward and and then they walked out and didn't say anything and I just kept crying and and I uh I called my mom and she was like that's bs we're fixing it and she flew down and god bless her she helped me find the endo I have now who's incredible um and changed my life and she's the first one that was like no no no, you're insulin resistant you have type 1.5 that's what this is that doctor i've worked with him before he's an idiot don't worry about it like <laughs> i was like oh, no like literally like all why of, are like, these people allowed to be i don't know like, believe don't me understand. like especially like being a nurse too like every time i see a doctor that's a good like person and hasn't lost all of their like social skills i'm like thank you <laughs> but there's so many of them that they're just a pod person you're like how you have a zero bedside manner like there's so many times like even as a nursing student i've had to go back in the room and like pep the patient back up because they're just like oh my god my life's over because like the doctor has zero bedside manner um but yeah no the endo like thank god because the endo I have now literally said all the things that I, she was like, this is what you have. This is what we're going to do. That's crap. Like yeah. you can, again, you can do anything that you want to do. She said the things my, my mom always had said. And I was so frustrated that I couldn't get a medical professional to say those things. But you know, if it weren't for him, I would have never gone to nursing school and for other endos and doctors and nurses like him, you know, so thanks man. <laughs> I hope he's listening to this. I, I honestly don't care. <laughs> well, so I guess that's similar to like the, you know, the opposite end of like the Nick Jonas with the Diet Coke. It's if you three have sort of your audiences of people who follow you, like how do you talk about diabetes in a way that won't scare off the normal people? But then when someone else is diagnosed... And then they go on and they see Breck with a Diet Coke, who's not a sponsor um, of the show, <laughs> and think, oh, I can do that too. Like, how much of your life then ends up, you know, we, we talked about this right before the show about how lots of people have a sort of like their, their public non-diabetic persona and then their diabetic persona. So I guess you kind of have that with your... Nonprofit. I don't, yeah. Were you? I don't post anything about diabetes on my personal. Yeah. And then on your other page, it's only I diabetes. I only post about diabetes. <laughs> so, so I guess, Laura, like, I don't a know, lot of why? people have a type one Instagram and a personal Instagram. Why do we separate? Mine is different, though. I don't know. Think, I don't think mine's a good example of that. But a I lot don't of post people about do. my diabetes on it. No, you have though. Yo, a lot of people do. I don't know. Maybe it is the thing about like feeling annoying. Like when I post anything about diabetes on my personal account anyway, I'm like, they don't care. They don't understand. So what's the point? 
See, I, I disagree with that almost because like my boyfriend, it sounds horrible, but like he loves my diabetes. Meaning like he thinks it's so cool that he knows about it and he knows what a low blood sugar is, like a high blood sugar is. And like, I've always found like when I'm pricking my finger, people are always like, what are you doing? What, what is that? So I think people find it really interesting from my, from my personal yeah. experience. I don't know how, yeah, how it's no, been with you guys. Yeah, I would, I would have to agree. For me, it's like, if I don't share that awareness, like half, like, I don't know, I can't even tell you how much of my following is type one versus what's not. And I get people who are like annoyed, like all you do is post about diabetes. And I'm like, yep. <laughs> um, but because it's such a big part of who I actually am and my, my Instagram specifically is who I really am, um, I share that and I want the people who don't know about diabetes to begin to understand diabetes. Um, so like I want to make sure that I, I try to balance out. Like they obviously they want to see me with the family because that's how it was all built. But also diabetes is such a big part of that whole dynamic that we've already talked about. Like you don't want someone to come up to you and be like, you can't eat that cake. Right. Like, yes, I can. And they still do. And they always will. Yeah. Making awareness around totally. it so people know like, thank you for bringing me the chicken, but I yeah. really want the cake. Yeah. And I feel like people can like also just really connect and relate when you're honest about something that you deal with that's heavy, like a disease yeah. or like something like this, you know? So, but yeah, I, I totally get on the branding side and the consistency side of like growing and marketing to be like, everything goes on this channel and everything different goes on this channel. Like I totally get that too of how that separation would feel very freeing too. Or it's like, I can just be, you know, me outside of diabetes on this side and this side's all the diabetes stuff. So, so I get both perspectives. But for me, I think that I like to share the awareness with people who are unfamiliar. And you made a face when you were like, oh, I don't, I don't really post anything on my personal Instagram. Like... Maybe I, I read into it, but like you wish you did. But in your defense, like I like I wish I posted. No, you just you just like ma it made a face. But like diabetes is like <laughs> only yes, it's always on my, our mind. Yes, we're always dealing with it, but it's only like a small part of us. Like we have so yeah. much more to it. So I don't think it's that weird that you don't post oh, no. about it on your personal. Yeah, I don't think it's weird. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think yeah, it's no, weird. I, I don't. I, okay, okay. I was like, I don't. No, 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 no. The I more I thought about, it, I was like, no, because. Yes, I'm always thinking about it, but that'd be weird if, like... No, but that's my point, too. I just don't identify, like, uh, uh, yeah, I just don't. You don't identify as a diabetic? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I'm not, like, I don't go through my day, like, I'm going to post my blood sugar on my story. But I don't even do that on my other account. That's why I was saying I was a bad example, because I post about other people's diabetes on the other <laughs> Well, it's That's what I was saying, so it's different. But there are, I was saying there are a lot of people that do just the diabetes and just their well, personal. How old were you when you were diagnosed? Remind us. Around four or five. So or you've six. so you've had type one the it's longest. It's an ongoing joke because I never know what year what year I was diagnosed. <laughs> you were four. Oh, yeah. four. Give yourself a break. <laughs> so, so in a weird way, it's almost more of your identity because you've had it longer. Like I think we. Do you remember well, no, having died before? I like, think before it's diabetes? crazy being diagnosed at twenty. That's my age oh, now. Yeah. Like. I was eight. I don't remember a life yeah. without diabetes. I just don't. So I cannot imagine having to like live my life up until now away and then having to like flip it over on its head. <laughs> That's to what live I say. Like, That's, I agree. I, yeah. I can't imagine that. Yeah. See, and in the same, it goes both ways. Does that sound weird? Is it no, weird to I use that term phrase? Um, it, yeah, it goes both ways because I, I can't imagine 
like having a childhood where I constantly had to check my blood sugar, like mm. constantly having to, like having any time where I don't remember not having it. So it, it kind of, I, I remember at the, at the Children's Congress with JDRF, I was talking to somebody because it was both. There were people that were diagnosed at 13 and there were people that were diagnosed at one month, you know, like it goes mm-hmm. both. And, and I remember thinking like, what's better? I and I was like, yeah. no, they both suck. Yeah, I don't know like, if there is not a better. good time. Because <laughs> well, I'm the same way. I'm like, I don't know anything else. And I, I feel like I prefer it that way because I have nothing to compare my life to. Yeah. Yeah. But well, then when I meet people that are, I'm like, you remember your last meal where you didn't have to count your carbs? Uh-huh. But I now you do. I and I don't. like. And but I don't, nice. though, because I didn't think about it. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't think about, like, oh, this is my last meal. Like, I was I'm walking so the Green normal. Mile or something. Man, it's so like, great being normal and being able to eat a meal without meal. thinking about it. I love going for a run without worrying about what my blood sugar oh, might be. Right? Or a walk, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to okay. walk around a the mall. A walk or sleeping. <laughs> or sleeping. Yeah. Sometimes I'll look at people who are just, like, going and they're just ordering anything on the menu, right? Just, yeah. boom, they're just eating and all my friends and stuff. And I'm looking at them like, you freaking right? suck. <laughs> or like, like, you don't even have, in my own head, you know, I'm looking at them like. And we get mad at them. Yeah, I'm just like looking so mad. I'm like, you don't even get it, dude. <laughs> yeah. so I don't appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, you, you should say that. Your I'm sitting here picturing that yeah. pancreas and they're just smiling, dude. He's got a little umbrella and a little drink. He's like. Yeah. Oh, it's so frustrating. <laughs> yep. Meanwhile, our pancreas is just like. He's that dude's dad. He's like, <laughs> that's really how I'm, I imagine mine like a raisin, like shrunken up raisin. I don't know. Just shriveled up now. Yeah. I keep thinking mine's going to grow legs and just start running away from me. It probably already has. Yeah, it has for sure. <laughs> I guess it kind of feels like, and I, I really hate this word, um, like your brand. And not in the sense of like. Yeah, I'm with you. I hate that word too. In, but in that one is way, synergy. <laughs> in in one, we do have a lot of great synergy here tonight, though. <laughs> so on one hand, there's like the brand that you have as like your profession, right? Like your your brand as an actor. Like this is how you present yourself. These are the roles you do. You know, this is how you look on your Instagram or in your public life because that's you know plays a part in your careers now, right? When, when you're going for a job, they say, oh, how many followers does she have? What's, what's her demo, right? Like, yeah. you know, who, who reaches her? But on the other hand, it's like, we have our own personal brands on how we represent ourselves. You know, the way we dress, the way, you know, the things we do, what we eat. Um, and then also like how diabetes plays a part in that brand. Like for me, you know, I was diagnosed at 13, never talked about type one um, to pretty much anyone, right? Like I didn't really know anyone. Um, and it was only, oh, it was after like doing something with my endo actually. It was like filming a video for her and I met other people with type one. This is so great. And then that kind of like me coming out as a type one, it sort of became part of my brand. Now here we are at a live podcast taping. And so I think there's that balance of like, if you're gonna post, like if you're not posting on your personal, is it, is that just, you don't want that, I don't know, that image of Well, didn't we talk the about that too one? on an episode of like, when you're diagnosed, do you now have the responsibility of being an advocate? Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you haven't listened to that episode, I like that. It was a good one. So yeah, but I mean, it's a it's there's no right answer to that question, and 
It's not black and white. I think one of the, the points I made in, in that episode was like, by having it, have you become an advocate? Like whether you want it or not, you being a person with this disease right. now represents a portion of that disease. And you're right? now everyone's friend with diabetes who they're going to use as an example. example. Yeah. Right. Yeah. When so they're telling stories. When you were diagnosed, Andrew, and you knew one person with type one, mm-hmm. like there could be someone and you're that person. Right. So do you feel like you, I don't know, have to be a certain way Mm. because of that? I don't know, because that could influence them, you know? That's a great question. That's a great (laughs) question. It's like, I still feel like for me, it's like, I like what you said, like, it it, it kind of, as you come out about diabetes, it kind of becomes a part of your brand. You know, it's like, I want people to know, like you said, and and it's because of exactly what I was saying, like, to, to also provide hope and to hopefully make people's lives with type one a little bit better. Um, and then I actually really like something that you said. I can't stop thinking about it. Like it was so cool. Just a second ago, she, she goes, yeah, diabetes is like this really big thing, but it's actually a really small percentage of who we are. And I'm like, whoa, it's like, I just see like this whole art piece of like this huge explosion of craziness and chaos. And all of a sudden it's just like this teen, really, it's just like a little ant, you know, it's like, it's not that big deal. Let's brush it off. But that's pretty cool. So, um, I don't fully know how to answer that, man. <laughs> it's funny because it's such a small part of our life, but it it does kind of carry a larger weight than maybe what it really is. Like it's a small part of who we are, right? But it does carry a Takes lot of weight so in our much life. Of our time. It's it a does. large burden. Yeah, I, I think it's like a little bit in all of our life. It's like sprinkled yeah, over everything, right? right? Yeah, like, yeah. That was good. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. really good. <laughs> so there's like it's it might not be you know if you exercise like you know, it's not, you're thinking about diabetes the whole time, but it's like this little sprinkle on top yep. of your exercise. It's a little sprinkle yeah. when you yeah. eat. It's yeah, a little it's sprinkle everything. when you go on a date, right? And you, <laughs> yeah. you talk about it. Yeah. So it's, a, yeah, a little bit of diabetes sprinkled, like fairy dust, yeah. but yeah. awful. All over everything. Yeah, it's, it's like wish you could make us fly. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, on the point of, like, part, being part of your brand, I'm going to switch over to saying identity because every time I say brand, I have a small brain bleed. Um, I'll accept that. I'll accept yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that substitution. Just a small, just a small like aneurysm. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think, I think living your life worried about how you come across is a slippery slope. And I think, I think it's up to the individual when they're diagnosed with any chronic illness or they go through anything in their life. I think it is up to them and it has to be a personal preference as to how they want to proceed with that. And I think it's a very slippery slope of doing anything for other people. Like I know for me, this piggybacks too on like having the different Instagram accounts mm-hmm. or whatever. Like I choose to have it all in one because it's a part of who I am. It isn't who I am. You know what I mean? Um, and people may feel differently because I was diagnosed later. Again, that's I can't control how what people think. But the thing is, is, is I, I don't, I try not to, and I'm human, so I'm not perfect, but I try not to do anything with the intention of, oh my gosh, what are people going to think? Because I think that's a very slippery slope. And I think yeah. you have to tread really carefully with that. Um, and so I think to approach it of like, oh, well, I'm, I'm a type one diabetic or I'm this or I'm that. And so I, it's part of my brand. How are people going to perceive that? I think that's dangerous. I think you just have to go, you know what? I either want to be public with this or I don't. And I'm just going to be myself publicly with it. And people can either take it or leave it. And 
I'm not going to be everybody's cup of tea, but I'll be somebody's cup of whiskey, and that's fine. You know? I find it very interesting how you said, like, when you're diagnosed, does that, like, obligate you to be an advocate? I think it is your choice, like, how, kind of how you were saying, but you get to choose how you want to take it, and Mm -hmm. what everyone else thinks is what they think, but I... I try to do that. Like, it's not like I walk into an audition and I'm like, hey, I'm a diabetic, so if you book me, my blood sugar might go low in the middle of a scene and we'll have to take a break. Like, that is not how I lead. But I walk in, I'm myself, and then when I show up on the set, I'm like, hey, I'm a type 1 diabetic. Mm-hmm. If my blood sugar starts going, we might have to take a little break. So it's like I choose when and how I want to use it, how I want to say it, but I, I don't necessarily lead with it. Yeah, like I said, there's no right or wrong. I mean, because if you like shove it down someone's throat, you're not going to get anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. So what's the reaction like when you say, "Oh, you know, you're on set. Oh, I might go low," and then you're in the middle of a scene and you go low? Does Has the, anyone ever had a negative reaction? Yeah. Does the director that? roll his eyes? Say, "Oh, she's low again." I've never gotten that, but this last this last show I was on, um, I have a super suit. And my super suit is really small. Like, it shows my midriff. It shows my legs. And I was really worried about my Dexcom. And I've never had a pump or um, Omnipod. But when I was getting the super suit made, I was like, I, I have my Dexcom. And they're like, well, yes, but can't you take that off? I was like, I can, but I'm not going to. And they're Good like, okay, well, we'll work around it. And so that's, like, the one time where I, once again, I felt, like, apologetic. Like, I was like, I'm sorry, but I'm, I can't. Or I don't want to. Not even that I can't. I just don't want to. And that was like, it, it took me a little bit to like, I just had to ground myself and be like, Breck, this isn't, you didn't choose this. You're doing the best you can. You stopped apologizing for it. Yeah, that's like, like I said, yeah. that's a struggle I've really been trying to catch myself on. How did they, can you tell us how they worked around it? Did oh, they- I freaking wore my Dexcom. It shows. I, I watched a, a couple <laughs> clips and you see a little like box. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so do you guys feel like since you've been diagnosed the way you sort of have presented diabetes has changed over time i mean i think you can't help it yeah how do you think it's changed you can't help it but changing that's not right english but sure (laughs) you get what i mean (laughs) because you change yeah you know what i mean uh you change and i think the the disease changes you know um i I think because i know there's there's sometimes like it just you shift and it shifts Mm -hmm. and you have to kind of shift with it and and so i think it can't help but change do you can you think back at like do you think you're posting we're talking about it differently now before, like not if you are, but do you know how you are? Honestly, I'm more interested to hear from you guys because <laughs> like I said, I feel like such a noob. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I know it's been six years, but still like I, I know I've changed a lot, but I know I've only like publicly been out with diabetes for, for two. So I'm more interested to see what you guys have to say about that. <laughs> yeah, for me, for me, it's definitely, it's definitely changed. Um, I've very, like I said, I've very rarely posted or even mentioned it for a lot of years. Um, but I think for me, the, what causes the change in how I present and how I post and how I talk about diabetes in general is just when I'm finding something that I feel is valuable to other people, 
Um, so like if I'm learning something new and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is really helpful for me, I think it's important for me to share this because it might help others too. Um, but I think so far, because like I said, I've only started really being very open about it for like the last six months or so. Um, even though I've lived 21 years with it, um, it's like, it's just, yeah, it's just, it's just, I think, like you said, it's just like you kind of, whoa, this is an eye opener here and let me see if I can open or hopefully I can open some other people's eyes, you know. So I, I'm... Get back to me in a year. <laughs> we'll do and this again maybe, next year and yeah, I'll yeah, ask yeah. you all the same questions. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're all learning together, though. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. like you gave us the best tutorial before we started this, me and Brad. So, <laughs> oh, a rundown the, the on loop. DIY loop. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the closed loop. Yeah, it's showing a closed loop. So is the question how it, my, my, yeah. my experience with diabetes has changed or like the posting about it? Or maybe both. Or has, has, has your experience with diabetes changing? impacted how you talk about it and what you say about it. Yes. Yeah. So I, because I was diagnosed when I was eight, I always like understood it to an extent. Like I I tested my blood sugar. I took my shots. I was stable enough. But with age, I've learned so many other ways to take care of diabetes, such as diet, adding proteins and fats to meals. Like, and that's gotten me a little bit, you, you said like, the more, like, if you figure it out, it gets easier. What was the thing that guy said? And I was like, yeah. oh, I don't agree with that. He said, yeah, once you, once you understand diabetes, it, it becomes easy. <laughs> diabetes becomes easy. In my experience, the more I've gotten to know, actually, I feel like the harder it's become for me because I've become a lot more, like, neurotic and type A about it. So it's on my mind so much more where I used to check my blood sugar and then go off. And if I started feeling weird, come back to it. We're now, like... M- I'm constantly checking my Dexcom. I'm constantly. And because, like, this sounds a little pessimistic, but because of that, it has become a bigger burden on my life. Like, each day, it's become just a little bit more. Because of that, I think at the beginning, I wanted to spread awareness. And now I really, like, advocate and post about, like, when it's November, Diabetes Awareness Month, I am, like, donate, 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 because I want to cure more than ever. And I think as like, when I was first diagnosed, they said five to 10 years, they thought there was going to be a cure. Well, I'm coming up to 12 years in January. <laughs> Are y'all laughing at five to 10 years for a cure? Yeah, because mine's over 20 at this point. Oh, well, that's what, but I was new. That's so in my head, like in 10 years, I was like, okay, I'll be 20 years old or 19, uh-huh. however, 18, I can't do math. <laughs> and I was like, great, like I'll be an adult with, without diabetes. And it just hasn't worked out that way. And so now more than ever, I feel like the more research, the more funds we can have, I'm ready to get that cure. So that's where my advocacy has gone towards. Awesome. They're still saying the five to 10 years for yeah, all yeah, the yeah. families. I know, I, I know, but like, always I, I want to believe it. I'm yeah. going to keep believing it. I don't care. Call me naive. <laughs> that's good. I think for me, you know, hearing you guys talk about it and thinking of this like personal and public and where diabetes lies in your life. And maybe this is similar to you, Laura, but I feel like, um, I I guess at first, you know, there was, there was no diabetes sort of like thought. It was just a thing that I did. And I like, until I met other people and then diabetes itself, not the management to some degree, but just the amount of diabetes consumption in people I know, things I do, things I advocate for, events I attend, that I almost feel like at some point it reached a tipping point where there was like so much t- 
type one stuff that not to necessarily like separate my personal life from it, but I almost needed like two brains to be like, okay, you know, this is like podcast time. Think about diabetes. And then it's like, okay, now I'm going to go do something else and try not to think about it all the Mm -hmm. time because I'm still thinking about my diabetes, but there's like my, my micro level diabetes and sort of the macro diabetes Mm -hmm. and that kind of world I'm in. And it's like, okay, I can do a lot of this stuff, but it's like, do I, how much of this can one person consume before they just become diabetes and they just transform into the disease? (laughs) That could be a super villain at Breck Fights on the next episode. With, um, you're just my type, I was on it so often and posting on it so often and just messaging people all day long about their diabetes. And then like I'd come home and wouldn't even want to think about mine anymore because I was so focused on everyone else's disease all day. And then I needed to do that whole thing. Remember, I like had, I put, put business hours in place where I didn't have to look at those messages once I got home. Okay, the way you guys are talking about this, I'm picturing like Jeff Gold, uh, like the fly, you guys like becoming a like a yeah. pancreas or something. <laughs> like it's super weird. But like a dead pancreas <laughs> too. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Pancreas. A shriveled up the raisin. raisin. The raisin. <laughs> yeah, you guys like becoming like the raisin like before like the movie, the drive-in movie. Like it's yeah. really weird. It's, a, it's an interesting thought of like at what point like is there too much, and then finding that balance of you know being an advocate, you know balancing doing good, right? Like trying to raise money, but then not necessarily doing that every day. Yeah. Because you can only ask your friends and family to donate $20 so many times and then they, you know, block your email. (laughs) Um, But there's like, how much of that can one person do while also managing and, you know, a disease that is hard to manage if possible to manage that you're always thinking about. And it's like, it's, it becomes two burdens. Mm-hmm. It becomes the burden of living with it and then the burden of like trying, yeah, talking about trying to make the world a better place. And it's like we need someone else who's like doesn't have diabetes but cares just as much. Yeah, they can take a break from it when they go home, but we don't yeah. get to, so we need yeah. them. Yeah. I think it's, it's the same with anything. I mean, you can exercise too much. You can worry about like you're eating too much. You can, even the best things with the best intentions in too much volume can be detrimental. And so I think, I think when you said balancing that, that's the key. It's the key with everything. We forget too that we both have a type one diabetes nonprofit and we have a podcast. (laughs) But thank you guys. Honestly, thank you. Like, Uh yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. really yeah. admirable because it's not easy. It's not. And I was saying the same thing. Like, as you were talking, I was like, dang, yeah, I could see where that line would get a lot more difficult when it becomes, like, as much as you guys are doing and as many mm-hmm. people as you guys are reaching. So, like, for us, I think we all kind of are similar on our, like, our social media platforms where it's like we kind of balance out whatever percentage diabetes is or maybe it's a little bit more sometimes, a little bit less sometimes. It's like a thousand pictures of riding a motorcycle or whatever it is, you know, that's happening. And then... <laughs> You've been on my Instagram, obviously. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So it's like for us, we're like balanced out a little bit, I think we just pick and choose that balance of right. how much we show with diabetes. Yeah. Whereas with what you guys are doing, like all in, you know, and all I've had time. those thoughts where it's like, 
should I go all in on this? And then I'm like, wait, I'll, I'll lose everybody. I'll lose my job. So nah, I probably shouldn't. But. See? That's what I'm saying. But balance is important. So just yeah. trying to find that I think is essential. I think that's a good segue mm. for... The game? Oh, yeah. oh, okay, okay, okay. Our, our next segment, yeah. Oh Speaking God. of taking that a break. so cute. You got so excited. We've talked a lot about diabetes, yeah. so we're going to be back with a game after a quick note from our sponsors. So don't go anywhere. That's a good segue. Laura, what happened to your old diabetes supply bag? Didn't I tell you that I upgraded... I just received a new bag from Sugar Medical, and I had no idea what a difference an organized supply case would make. There's a designated spot for everything I need, and they even added a slot for used test strips. You know those are what used to take up half my bag. Wow, I'm impressed. Do they make bags for guys, too? Of course they do. They make insulated backpacks, travel bags, and purses, too. You can find them at SugarMedical.com. And you thought you were the organized one, didn't you? So who here has had diabetes the shortest amount of time? Who's most recently diagnosed? Five months. Congratulations. Who's four? Four months? Coming out. Coming up on the stage. Who here has had type one the longest? 45? Come on. Ding, ding, ding. We have anyone better than 45? Hello. Hi, I'm Ella. Hi, Ella. Hi. How long have you had type 1? So I was diagnosed on Cinco de Mayo. Worst Ooh, Cinco you'll, de Mayo you'll always remember that. I'll yeah. Always remember. Uh, so, four-ish months. I'm Jerry, and uh, yeah, I was diagnosed uh, 45 years ago at 15 years old. So, you two, because of your unique statuses as having had type 1 for a very long time and a newcomer to the club, are our team against our three panelists <gasps> in our game. We got a nurse on our team. <laughs> she knows more than the doctors. So this is how the game's going to work. It's, it's very, very simple. I will alternate asking each team a question. Whichever team gets the most right wins. All right. So we're going to start with our guests uh, who did not volunteer for this. <laughs> what is the first name of Sir Banting, the man who discovered insulin? Is it Ferdinand, Ferrari, or Frederick? You can, you can confer. I think we're, we have to the, Go ahead. Who's in? Yeah. Okay. You don't seem so sure. Uh, Frederick. That's right. Yeah. I'm like, please don't know, please don't know. I want this so bad, I know it. You said it was Ferrari, one of those? <laughs> All right. Like, so for our panelists. See, yeah. Ferrari. Yeah, you got to get a little harder with the multiple choice. The, uh, the first wearable infusion insulin pump was invented in what year? Oh. 1973, 1977, or 1985? Infusible? Because like, I'm picturing like that very first. Have you guys seen the those backpack? pictures? Yeah, the big backpack. Do you mean like, but do you no mean like a pump? there's no way that was 70s. An insulin pump, yeah. Okay, so the first pump. Are we talking... Yeah. And it includes that's the big what backpack. What are, the yeah. year, what are the years? The infusion site goes into Can you use it in a sentence? I'm okay. kidding. 1973, 1977, or 1985? You don't have to whisper. They can't steal it from you. Oh. <laughs> We're like, 
don't, I don't turn around, turn around. I don't want them to know my stupidity. Okay, not that should we take? <laughs> 75 or 85, I feel like. Yeah, I was going to say no to 73. That seems Definitely. too early. Okay, do you guys all just want to go with like 77? I'd say go in the middle. Okay, yeah. we're going in the middle. B, 1977. It was 1973. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Right. <laughs> wow. Wait, at least we have the right decade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The first insulin was made from what animal's pancreas? Dog, you know. chimpanzee, or pig? We're going to go with pig. Oh. It was dog, actually. Oh. Yeah. That's nasty. Yeah. yeah. Banting used a dog Wait, pancreas. Did they say what kind of dog? Like pig insulin? They, they did make commercial oh, that pig was, insulin. Oh, that's what it was. But it was not the first pig. insulin. The very first shot of insulin oh, that's what I'm came from okay. a dog. So what was the first company to mass produce insulin? Was it Sanofi, Eli Lilly, or Novo Nordisk? I think... I think can I say? What do you think? Go ahead. Just say it. Just, just say it. No, you go for it because I don't hey, know what you're excited on. Uh, we'll go with Eli Lilly. That's correct. Yes. 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 <laughs> All right. What was the first U.S. state to cap insulin prices? Colorado, Minnesota, or Oregon? <laughs> Ella seems um, confident. Okay, I don't want to seem confident, but <laughs> is it Colorado? Correct. When you're experiencing a low blood sugar, what are the recommendations you should follow? Eat one glucose tab every minute for 15 minutes. Yes. Two, take 100 grams of carbs, eat 100 grams of carbs, and then take insulin. What the heck? Not what? Or three, Eat 15 grams of carbs every 15 minutes until you're back in range. It's three. 15 Sorry. over 15. That was so That's easy. Right. Yeah, 15 yeah. over 15. Oh, so yeah. Like becoming a nurse and I don't know that. Wait, like, so what the am I doing? things wrong? <laughs> if you had a hundred carbs every time your blood sugar you. went low, you would be clinically obese. But that's well, let's story. let's talk about what really happens because it's like yeah. you got those yeah. lows yeah. and yeah. in the like, middle of the night and you're like, I'm like fifteen over fifteen. That was hundred over hundred over one. You're like, wait, I don't need a packet of Skittles. What? The difference is what you do versus what you're supposed to do. Yeah. All right. So I didn't think we were going to get to the tiebreaker. Um, it's the toughest one so the beta cell podcast has four different shows beta cell out of range thicker than water and the threes there are only two people besides me who have been on more than one of them can you name both people like guests or like guests diabetics I'm guessing they're both diabetics. Do I know them? One of them, is a hint, was here tonight. I think I know who it is. You got to get both, though. Okay. I, think I have to get both? Do I know both I their I names? I think I know who they are. Okay. But I'm nervous. Okay, this team's got it. Okay, is one of them your Aunt Laura? Yes, it is. <laughs> okay, I feel really creepy, but... <laughs> is the other James Mansfield... It's not. Oh. What if we have the other one? Do you guys know the other one? I think so. So Dave Holmes and your Aunt Laura? Yeah, that's it. Oh. <laughs> so proud of you guys. You guys were close. Teammates. It wasn't a bad guess. 
You mean so, the two. Could have done yeah. without you. Sorry. I knew that one. One out of two ain't bad. For being our unwilling participants, we have a prize for you two. We have two bags from Sugar Medical. Woo! Oh my gosh, I'm jealous! Craig, you run a lot, right? Yeah, why? Sometimes I worry that something might happen to you and no one will know that you have type 1. Well, you'll be happy to hear that I just got a MyID watch band that can be scanned by a first responder and in five seconds they'll have all my medical information. Plus, I have a band that says type 1 diabetes as well. Whoa, whoa, whoa. One little watch accessory does all of that? Can I get one too? Of course. And everyone in the audience today is getting one as well. That's it for this week's episode. Out of Range is a production of Beta Cell and is produced by me and Laura. Craig does all of our recording and editing. Subscribe to Beta Cell wherever you listen to podcasts to get Out of Range downloaded automatically onto your phone every week. Love what we do? Support us on Patreon and we'll send you some swag. Visit patreon.com slash beta cell for more info. I'm Craig. And I'm Laura. And I'm Breck. And I'm Jennifer. I'm Andrew. And this, <laughs> and this is, is Out, Out of, of Range. Range. <laughs> So now we have one last special act. If you listen to The Threes or Thicker Than Water and our end credits every week, you hear Nina's voice. And now she has come here to grace us with a live song. Hi, everybody. As requested by Craig, this is one um, as covered by Amy Mann. Thank you.